0: Welcome to the Live Explorer podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe. Welcome. I'm Sean Payne, uh, founder and owner of Live Explorer Real Estate and Lifestyle. Uh, and today I have with me again Isaiah Chass. Isaiah, thanks for joining us.
1: Of course, here for the third part of the series, screening a tenant.
0: Yep, yep. This is the third part. Uh, uh, hopefully, you've seen our uh, our other two episodes about uh, how to how to find and select a great tenant for your for your rental property. If you haven't, please go back in and, and uh, review those uh, that way. But yeah, let's just uh, today we're gonna go a little bit more into depth on how to review the uh, the application in detail. So last episode, we talked a little bit about, you know, making sure that once you get the application back, um, qualify tenants at a high level, go through it, um, check the CCNRs, make sure that you're not allowing someone or like there's an age restriction or something of that nature into the property. Uh, make sure that uh, if they have a pet, and pets aren't allowed, that it's a service animal, things of that nature. You want to talk a little bit again about uh, being 18 years old?
1: Yeah, you really want to uh, have everyone that's 18 years of age living in the home uh, complete a separate application, and uh, that... Even includes, you know, if you have a, a son or a daughter home, uh, or, or I should say that the family has a son or a daughter home uh, for, you know, college and they're taking online classes, even if they're just living there part time, they need to complete an application if they're going to be residing in the home, if they're 18 years of age or older. If they're less than 18, uh, they can be listed as an occupant. They do not need to complete a separate, uh, but anyone 18 years of age or older should be completing a separate application.
0: Right, right. Yep. Yep. So uh, again, once you get that application back, uh, you know, we talked about uh, some things to look at in, in the in the last episode. Uh, one important what I've found uh, in doing property management is sometimes you know, the best way of finding if they're going to be a good tenant is to speak with the, the tenants in, in the past um, that way. And if you can, uh, it's, it's best to uh, uh, it's if you if it's possible to talk to a couple of the tenants previous landlords that way. the, the current uh, place will probably be, won't be the best at uh, like answering you know questions regarding uh, uh, move out condition and things of that nature so you, so they don't have a full understanding of like exactly you know how the tenant will leave the property but but you'll have a good idea of like you know if they pay rent on time things of that nature um, let me back up a little bit it's probably good to have like create some type of authorization form with a list of questions that, that, uh, that you can give uh, the previous landlord if you're dealing with like a uh, like a professional property management, uh property manager, someone that, that, that manages a lot of properties, apartment complex, something like that. That's probably the first thing they're going to ask is like, Hey, wait a second before, before I talk to you about this, I need some type of authorization form. So have that ready, uh, that way. And, uh, and it's good to ha- just have like a list of questions just spelled out beforehand. Sometimes it's better just to have them fill it out and then have them send it back to you. If, if they're willing to, what you'll find out is the professional property manager are going to be willing to do that. If it's like the, the mom and pop, you know, person that's, that's, uh, that running, running out the place, it may be a friend situation. Um, they may not want to jump through the hoops to go through it, or they may just say, Hey, this, this, this tenants absolutely perfect because you know, in reality, we don't like them and we want to get rid of them. So, so just you have to take everything a little bit, a little bit with a grain of salt. But, but having uh, you know some type of verification with some questions uh, that you can give to the previous landlord is is a, a good way of going about fi- finding out the rental history in, of that tenant and uh, and seeing what they're about. You know, again, I think that's a, a a really good way of finding out if you have a qualified tenant. Just just be a little cautious and realize that sometimes people can make that tenant seem, you know. Uh, better than they are because they want to be able to re-rent that place or they have someone moving in there or they want it that way totally
1: and you also want to request all the the tent screen at the right time Um, you know the final screening process uh, including a background and credit check it's 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 courtesy to have that done after the application process because, you know, you don't want to deny someone or, or deny an applicant based on something that came up on their application and then also have them conduct a full background check, credit check because that can pull your credit and that has an additional cost. So, you know, as, as courtesy, it, it's it's a, a good idea to, you know, fully uh, vet them first through the application process and then take the next step moving forward. if. Everything checks on their application to go through um, the credit and background check. That being said, you never want to accept a a paper or emailed version of a credit and background check that's easily uh, manipulated. Yeah, you can totally have it tampered with. Um, So you want to use services that, um, you know, do this for you. There's a lot of different services. Uh, We have one that we like to use, um, but all the applicants can go directly to that site paid directly through there and submit all their personal information directly to the site. That way you, as the landlord, uh, aren't, you know, receiving any of their highly personal information, social security number, you know, all, all that, uh, information, you don't really want to, you know, be the point of receipt for that because that's just a way that, you know, you can get into identity theft and uh, yeah,
0: it's a good point to note that, uh, uh, That uh, on the application, if they have social security numbers, what I always say is don't put that information down there. Um, You know, being in property management or real estate, if we take those applications and we're supposed to have them, you know, secured in a lockable, like, you know, storage cabin or something of that nature. I'm not sure what the requirements are for like an individual renting out their own place. But yeah, if you have that information from prospective tenants, um, you have an obligation to protect it. So again, like I don't like to touch it. There's plenty of services out there that like on the application, just don't have them fill out the social security number, um, even their date of birth. And they can put that in, in that third party website and that can all be filled out and then verified and you get, you get sent the report without that information and you're totally good that
1: way. Yeah. There's, there's really great programs and they'll send you a full, they'll even give you kind of a, a chart of, you know, a range of what they, from their guidelines of what, you know, they select tense on based on their credit score and, and, Uh, you know, all those data points will give you an estimated range of how good they think that tent will be. Um, And then from that, you want to interpret everything that you see on the credit report. Um, All, uh, you know, the three different credit bureaus have a slightly different reporting system, um, but none of those scores should be drastically different. Um, A a score above 650 is definitely considered qualified in most situations, Um, but there are reasons for certain credit scores. Uh, You know, if they have little or no, no credit, you know, they might be a great potential tenant and they might pay everything on time, but they might just not use credit cards. Um, so there's there's different things you want to look for uh, within the credit score of, of why they have a certain score. Right. right. Um, another thing is they could be, you know, really on time with everything, but they got caught up with student or medical uh, bills in the past and they're still recovering from that. Um and you know, there are the, the people that are very irresponsible with uh, credit, and uh, for that reason, they might not be a good tenant because they they've been late consistently uh, in the past, and thats that could be one of the reasons why they have such a low credit score. Um, so after reviewing your, their credit, you also want to go into great detail with their background check.
0: right. Right. So the next step you, with the credit report, you have uh, a background and criminal check done. Now, what you're really looking for, uh, like you want to make sure there's no previous evictions. That's the biggest thing uh, coming up, whether it's in this state or the other state. And again, there's services that that, that uh, uh, review court records and look for evictions. And, and if there's like a, a forced eviction or eviction on the, the, their record, that, that doesn't look Good uh, in their case, and that's something that that is you know a red flag, and that's something that you can say no, I don't want to rent to you because you have this previous uh, eviction here on your record. That way. When it comes to the rest of the criminal uh, report, you actually have to be very careful. You would think that, like, okay, uh, I, I don't want someone who's been convicted of a crime in, in my house or I want to rent to them. You can't do that. That, that's, uh, that can be seen as being discriminatory. Um, the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban, Urban Development, HUD, states that owners cannot put a blanket ban on applicants with an arrest or criminal record. So if, as a landlord, you refuse rent because of a prior arrest or conviction, you have to have a very good reason. It has to be documented. Um, you you have to uh, you know prove that that exclusion is justified. You can't just say, hey, everyone that has a, a you know a criminal or a, a arrest uh, or arrest a, uh, um, or has been arrested uh, can't qualify for this home. You have to be very careful. Now, as a as a as a, a property owner, that may seem like a little foreign to you. That like, wait a second, um, but that's just how it is. You got to be really really careful that way. So
1: yeah and in the event that you know someone wants to have a cosigner uh, if it's necessary you can also require a cosigner uh, it's not always recommended uh, you could have a completely unqualified tenant. And just because they have a co-signer doesn't necessarily mean that they will suddenly become a qualified tenant. Um, If you do have a co-signer, they need to be listed on the lease to ensure that they are responsible for any financial obligation. So it's just something to keep in mind. Um, But really, I'd say, you know, when you look at co-signers, you you have to be careful about that. Um, Once you go through that whole process and find a a tent that you want to move forward with, then you want to prepare for moving. That's something we'll get into uh, in the next part of the series.
0: Yep. Sounds good. Uh, I'm Sean Payne. Uh, this is Isaiah Chass. If you've uh, enjoyed this podcast, please hit like, lighten- like, and subscribe. Otherwise, uh, stay tuned. Cause we have the fourth uh, and final part of the series coming up about how to prepare a concrete lease. See so. you guys next time. Welcome to the live explore podcast. If you like what you hear? Please hit like, and subscribe.